podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Raspy Voice Kids Podcast. Once again, it's your man, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. And excuse me, this is your boy, J.M. Fiend, Jeremy Phoenix. We are here to discuss pop culture. Yes, sir. Not going to do the pop, 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 pop. I was, but I was looking at something else, so. Oh, okay. Today, Jeremy has a subject he wants to talk about that he thinks is worth this is a this is a subject that is both for males and females. Now it's going to sound like it's just a male perspective, but you're going to hear how it works both ways. Definitely does. Luke Combs is the one who put me up on this. I was listening to a song on the radio. Luke Combs, you know Luke? Yeah, that's my dude. <laughs> I call him LC. You know what up, LC? Al Combs. Um, he related to Diddy. Beautiful, crazy. She can't help but. Amaze me. That's the song he sings, and he finishes up like this. And I just turned my screen, so never mind. We ain't gonna talk about the way he finishes up. He just pretty much says, But her crazy's beautiful to me. Have you been there? Have you felt like that? Have you ever thought that a person's crazy was beautiful? Now, you might think to yourself, No, I've never thought that. I would never think that. That's a lie. I think most of us have. Like, oh, her crazy. But I remember, um, Malcolm, I wasn't crazy, but there was something about a girl, and it was obviously wrong, and looking at him, and he'd be like, no, no, but I, I think it's kind of hot. No, you're thinking of Dustin. No, that wasn't us. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> you're right, it <laughs> yeah. was Malcolm. But uh, it's, us, it's us all, but, at, at but one point or no, another. I, we have a friend named Dustin, who literally said, I, we talked, and he says to me, I, and I was worried about the girl he was dating. And I was like, look, man, you know, I don't know. But I didn't really say much. I let him do the talking. And as he talked, he said, I think she's kind of crazy. And I was thinking, I wanted to say in my head, the conversation was continuing. And I was just about to say, good. I'm glad you recognize it now, <laughs> early on in the relationship, you know, before you get to something serious. But before I could say that, he says, but I kind of like it. Yep. Have you been there? But did he like it when his clothes were being thrown outside on the That's lawn? That's what I'm saying. Like, did he like it when the police were being called? And she yeah, yeah. It's always violence? cute in the beginning. Oh, they're kind of crazy. Oh, he's kind of controlling, but I like that he really wants me. Yeah, that's yeah. all fun until he's killing your mileage. Talk about you got off at 830. It's 10, <laughs> 10 miles home. <laughs> and you home at 855. What's that about? No, that's real. Girls that is not say, so cute, hey? Girls say they like the bad boy until they're married to the bad boy. Until yeah. boy, to the bad boy's the father of their children. Until they bad boys out here they phone it was supposed to get off at seven yeah. o'clock it's still not home do you still love it is the crazy still beautiful to you that's right that's the real question tiptoeing it in the house at six in the morning like jay-z said you know when yeah. when when you hear him tiptoeing uh in the house way late at night no no that's what we're here to talk about is crazy really beautiful now, maybe if you're married to the person and you really do love them and you... No, that, that, and, okay. Because everybody's crazy to a certain extent. Say, there are scales of crazy. You, of yes. course, we know the crazy hot matrix. No woman is below a four crazy, right? 
Yep. And on the male scale, it doesn't matter how crazy a man is if he has enough money or is attractive enough. This is truth. Say what you want. You guys are liars, okay? Say what you want, women. You guys are liars if you don't agree with that. Yes. So we know that everybody does have their own stuff. And crazy is a relative term. I would call myself crazy on a regular basis. And plenty of other people have done the because same thing. Because you are. <laughs> <laughs> like you come with something real. Uh, no, but everybody's got a level. Everybody's got a level. <laughs> so there are levels that are acceptable. But what level is unacceptable? The when toxicity. does it become, when did it become the toxicity? When is it system of a down? When does it become toxic? When does it become dangerous? When does it become something that is of concern? And when does it come? You should have known better. Guys, like you said, guys talking, I love her crazy. Man, she's a little bit, she's a little nuts, but I, it's all fun in the beginning. It's all fun in games. Tell me that in six months when you're in a real relationship. There's things that go on when you're in the dating phase, the, the honeymoon phase, when, you know, when love is all brand new. Yeah. Because you're learning me and I'm learning you. It's cool. Yeah. In the beginning, everything's gravy. Everything is great. Give me six months from now. And that's where you have to grow maturity. As 18, 19, 20, maybe 22-year-old, you can make certain decisions. But when you start getting older, you got to know better. And if you've got children, you really oh, need to know man, better. If you got children, man, it changes the whole thing. It, it changes excuse everything. Excuse me. It should change everything. It should change everything. Some of y'all don't learn, though. Some of, some of us don't learn. Some learn better than others. But we just wanted to touch on that because Jeremy was listening. Jeremy was listening to that song, and uh, he said it to me. We originally were going to talk about junk food, um, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> food? What? <laughs> but Jeremy brought that up. I said, "Nope, we're definitely doing that for Bob." No, culture, it's so, so good, and it. we want to hear your opinions because this is where I wish that we could have somebody call, people call in because I feel like we would have so many stories, so many great stories about. People that were a little crazy, then they got into it, and oh my goodness, this person's nuts. Well, what, what's great is now you can leave us anchor messages. You can leave us an anchor message. You can tell us your story about when you thought somebody's crazy was beautiful, and then when you when you figured out that it wasn't so hot. Yes, and you were giving them half your money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, work. yes. So you can leave your anchor message, let us know, do that. Also... Uh yeah, that's the main thing. Please subscribe to us. We've got a lot of listeners. We don't have as many subscribers. Please subscribe on Anchor, on iTunes. Leave us a review. Please rate us. That will help us to grow and expand, which we already have immensely. Yep. We are so appreciative because we've grown and so when you much. Subscribe, subscribe. It'll automatically pop up. Hey, here it comes. Yep, it's here's the new, new episode. So do that for us, and uh, we're done doing this for you. Right, Want to give a big shout out to Astork Auto, the leader in luxury automobiles and in service in the entire state of West Virginia. Jamie Spears, the man with the plan down there at Astork Auto of Charleston. When you get there, tell them the Raspy Voice Kids sent you. We love our man, Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, Jim Ashley. We thank you for being a sponsor and partner with the show, we love having you on. Can't wait till you're here again. Time to review the Kansas game. Jeremy, do you have any initial thoughts on the game? I thought this game was absolutely gigantic. And what do I mean? Like you may think, oh, we all we did was beat Kansas. It is gigantic in the fact I don't think our our, our entire team is spectacular. Now we've been, we've been winning and playing well. But I think there's going to be games that we go into that we're not going to have a chance of winning. I'm just be honest with you. 
There's go, there's games down the line that that's going to happen. If we lose to Kansas, we're two and two. And then you tell me, look at our schedule of the four guaranteed wins that we have to be bowl eligible. So the fact that we beat Kansas and now that we're three and one and now we only have to look for three more wins on our schedule, I think was absolutely huge. I think it's a whole different season if we lose to Kansas. And now we're really, really scrapping to find our next four wins. I think it's a whole different season morale-wise, too. Yes. I think it's really uh, a lot easier to go into conference play 1-0 and on a bye week headed to Texas than it is to have a loss at Kansas, who's supposed to be the basement dweller, who lost to Coastal Carolina. Um, I think that was a big deal. I think trusting the climb is a lot easier when you get the win over Kansas. And Kansas was feisty. And it oh, wasn't yeah. it wasn't just Kansas. That was the interesting thing. It wasn't just Kansas. Now Kansas had more yards than we had, even though they had about half the time of possession that we had. But the thing that was impressive is they had thirty five thousand fans, which is a lot of fans for Kansas. Not only did they have thirty five thousand fans, but on TV you could hear them. If you had ESPN Plus, they sounded like they were actually making noise and they were invested in the game. I was very impressed with Kansas, so kudos to them. Shout out to the Jayhawks. Shout out to Lawrence, Kansas, for representing out there and for giving us a real road feel. Real. And for doing something in the sport that's going to have to be your bread and butter after your basketball team goes on heavy <laughs> sanctions. Heavy <laughs> sanctions, and they better get heavy sanctions. Oh, my. The news <laughs> dropped. Bill Self got – got, uh, He's been notified. I get locked up. Don't let me out. <laughs> they notified him that he's being charged with lack of institutional control. I'm going down. <laughs> I'm going down. Because you are around. <laughs> yes. Baby. My whole world's upside down sleep don't come easy all right that's enough of that but it's true the world's upside down so i'm I'm glad that the football team looks like they got a little spunky spunk in it you know and i one of the things i like that les miles said after the game is he said that he did not respect how talented of a team west virginia was this year and he said that we gained their respect and that's what it's all about we want to gain respect we want to earn respect and we definitely earned respect on the road in Lawrence. Not enough, obviously, um, to be favored against Texas. Six and a half point dogs open up on, oh, that's not bad. on the road. No, I was really surprised. I thought it would be double digits. Ele- uh, number 11th ranked team in the country coming into Morgantown. Only only six point. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I said on the road, but at home. But, um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, another huge interception by Keith Washington. Diving or high pointing the ball, catching it on his back in an important on an important play in the fourth quarter, um, making the play. It, Jeremy, I don't know what you thought, but that last play of the game, no time on the clock, Kansas hooking ladders. That's a game I feel like we lose in the past. We fought all the way through that game. Kansas did not go away. Kansas did not give up, and our team kept chugging along, kept playing ball. That's what I love. Um, every time we made a bit move, they made a move, made a move, but we stuck to our game and we didn't give up. I love playing an entire football game. Yep. I totally agree. And I felt like uh Petaway had his coming out party. Dante stills with another strip sack. Um, he now leads the big 12 with four sacks. He's tied for that. 
Um, Darius still has three sacks. The big the WVU is tied for first or is in first place in the Big Twelve with uh, four sacks. So and Van Darius is coming. Van Darius Cohen's coming. So that sack total should go up. Waiting to see because he's going to be evaluated on this bye week. So waiting to see what kind of playing time he gets. Um, it'll be interesting because he's not in game shape. The other guys are, but the guy's a beast. I mean, he's yeah. an absolute monster, and he's itching to play, man. You should see all his stuff, free VC, free Vandarius, free my G, oh, everything nonstop oh, on his man. Instagram. And, go. and so we got Vandarius coming back, and they got three guys out in their secondary. Yes, and we don't like to celebrate injuries, but it is what it is. That should be a hole that we might be able to exploit, but Hopefully. you never know. Hopefully. Um, one thing I want to say about the Kansas game, too, is Austin Kendall didn't light the world on fire, but he didn't turn the ball over. In the game that you win by, what was it, 29-24, that you win by five points? Close game. When you win a game by five points, no turnovers is a huge deal. Big deal. deal. And it's why we had the time of possession advantage, which, again, when you win by five points, a huge deal. Um, So I just, all the way around, I was proud of what we did. You know what else I was proud of, Jeremy, that I like to see? We keep looking at Neil Brown as cerebral, the guy who says yep. everything the right yep. way, who yep. does everything the right way. I love seeing him cover his mouth and go off. Passion. Because you, know you know it's there because of the way the team reacts. It's great to actually see it. Yep. Not slamming headsets, but still. Not slamming headsets. Not yelling after referees. You're not running after referees, yelling at them. Um, but covered his mouth, and he said he covered his mouth because he knew his mom was watching. He didn't want her to see him say those certain words. <laughs> So, I mean, just a class act all the way around, but at the same time, like you said, passion and controlled passion, controlled fire. I loved it so much. I I was glad to see it. I'm glad we finally got it. Um, Just to see the different facets of his personality as we continue to get to know Neil Brown and as Mountaineer Nation gets to know Coach Brown and we get to trust the climb, it it was great to see. Rat me, boys! Big shout to Shrinkables! Shrinkables! Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. You want the dopest gear out? You want to look fresh while rocking the Mountaineer brands? The best thing to do is go to bookexchangewv.com. That's where you get the flyest apparel. The Book Exchange is going to hook you up for listening to the RVK. Use code R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E. Raspy Voice. Code Raspy Voice when you go to bookexchangewv.com to get the flyest Mountaineer gear and souvenirs. Hey, this is Brandon from the Raspy Voice Kids. We are now teamed up with SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the place to go and get your tickets for any live event that you want to be a part of, especially if you're a sports fan. Use code Raspy Voice, R-A-S-P-Y V-O-I-C-E, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Code Raspy Voice at SeatGeek. Download the app, get to saving now. Welcome back to another edition of the RVK Golden Blue Interview. Today we have the pride of Brashear High School, the only Marshall that matters, Rashid Marshall. Hey, Rashid, thank you for joining the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I need to know, did you ever own the only Marshall that matters t-shirt? <laughs> you know what? 
I did have one T-shirt, and uh, luckily the guy, so this was back when uh, Tailgate Central was a big thing. Now it's all knocked down, but uh, the guys who started it up, they uh, they passed along a shirt to me. So I was able to get my hands on one. I'm still trying to track some down. So if you know some people, let me know. That's dope, man. I actually <laughs> I don't know anybody, but I remember that being one of my favorite T-shirts. I thought it was so great. Yeah, man, that was that was a nice flow. It's, it's still it's still floating around a little bit today, so I like it a lot, man. It was a nice thing they did. You know, it's it's interesting. You uh, played QB one for West Virginia University. For those who may not know who Rasheed Marshall is, you currently now are working in broadcasting, doing your thing. Basically, you might as well be uh, Mister Olympia, some kind of fitness model, right? <laughs> Stay in something the along those lines something along those lines man i you know fitness is my thing it always has been and it's uh you know it, it serves more as a as a mental uh you know just a just a mental stability type thing for me man it, it allows me to clear my mind and you know the the aesthetics come second for me so it's a it's, it's my thing it's one of my top hobbies well, you do excellent with it, man. We pay close attention. It's an inspiration. But you did have a health scare recently, did you not? Yeah, man. Two years ago, there was a crazy situation. This kind of came out of nowhere. I actually thought it came from training, but um, I thought I had a, a strained calf muscle or torn calf muscle um, at worst, but it ended up being a blood clot. And, uh, you know, I was dealing with that for the longest time, but. It's behind me now. I'm back to 100%. I feel better than what I did, um, you know, after it uh, even happened. So um, it's it's behind me. But it was scary. It was definitely scary. But And, and the funny thing about it is, like, not to spend too much time on it, but uh, there was no, like, they still don't know what the actual reason was. So no family history, no, like, blood abnormalities, all the stuff that actually causes blood clots. Uh, they weren't able to figure it out. So, it's all right now, though. Well, sometimes stuff just happens. We're glad you're okay. We're glad that you're back doing your thing, man. Better, back and better than ever. We uh, appreciate it. Speaking of better than ever, you were really the first dual threat quarterback to come after Major Harris, and Major Harris also went to Brashear High School out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, so obviously there were comparisons, rampant comparisons when you arrived. How were you able to handle that? How was that being the quarterback? getting those kinds of comparisons to what some would say is the greatest football player in the history of West Virginia university. Yeah, no, man, as you can imagine, I mean, that was, um, that it, it was kind of stressful in a way because for me, I just wanted to come in now, uh, you know, major help paved the way he, uh, did a lot of things that people will remember for, you know, to the days event in, in, in West Virginia history. I mean, the guy's, just truly a legend. Um, but people will take to the grave what they remember, what he did. People still talk about it to this day, but, um, he was just a different player. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's not a lot of, uh, talent floating around out there like him. And basically I was just trying to get people to understand, like, listen, this is not the second coming of major Harris. I mean, I can't throw that guy's shoes, you know? And, all the comparison, same high school. We were coached by the same coach from the same neighborhood. Uh, a lot of my older cousins and uh, major, they grew up together. So naturally, that's just what people were going to do. Um, but, you know, I, I just tried to get a point across to, like, 
let people know, look, this this is my show now. This is a career that I want to start from from my own um, perspective from the ground up. So, you know, it's, it, they were great comparisons, but again, it's it's hard to fill a guy's shoes like Major Harris. It's not going to happen. Did he have any impact on you ending up at WVU? Uh, not necessarily, not directly. Um, you know, I've met him way back when I was young because he was he was like a uh, family friend for my older cousins. But um, once I started getting older, there there was no there was no influence or anything like that for him to get me there. Now we had a bunch of other players from my high school that went to WVU as well. And once the process started kind of winding down, I just thought that was the best uh, fit for me. And it all worked out in the end. So I'm happy I uh, made the decision to go there. Wouldn't change it. Wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Who was your recruiting host when you came to campus? Oh, my host. Oh, man, that's a good question. You know what? I can't – I want to say – I want to say Corey Ivey. Um, oh, yeah, I, number eight. Yeah, K.I., yeah, K.I., and uh, I want to say Corey, because I actually took two visits to WVU, um, so I think he had me for one and then another guy, but Corey, man, he was just a solid guy, and believe it or not, um, like once I got to Morgantown and was in the program and everything, he was kind of like the guy I looked up to, like I wanted to be like him, I wanted, like Corey did everything right, he was a uh, you know, good student. He was a leader on the field, leader in the weight room. Just everything about Corey across the board in my eyes was who I wanted to be. And that's kind of like who I shaped myself as uh, because, again, he just set a good example and did everything right, had the respect of the locker room. He was just a solid guy, man. We love it. Shout out to Corey Ivy, by the way. My cousin used to spell his name like Corey, even though that's not the way he spelled his real name. Uh <laughs> So shout out to him. Appreciate him setting a good example for you. Um, it, it's interesting talking about coming in. You this, is this accurate to say your redshirt year you were you came in under Don Nealon? Right, right. So it, my redshirt year, Coach Nealon. Uh, that was his. That was his last season before he retired. So then you were there for the transition to Rich Rodriguez. Was that a difficult change in coaching philosophy? Oh yes. <laughs> man talk about night and day um you know from what i remember that that race right year under coach neal was was kind of like a blur to me um because it, it, those weren't the days when i was actually playing i was you know i'm out there i'm just kind of watching a lot um doing some scout team stuff but for the most part you're not in the action so a lot of those memories kind of fade because from there freshman year sophomore and on those are the golden years, like you're actually playing and everything. So um, the the transition, though, it was nuts, man. It was nuts. Um, Coach Neelan was uh, very laid back, um, not a big screamer. Uh, his assistants, they kind of did their job. And here you get Coach Ra coming in. And from day one on to the day I left, Coach Ra was just completely different. Um, he demanded a lot out of you. He wasn't going to ask you he was going to tell you what to do um so just a big disciplinarian and he wanted it his way or no way at all so and i understood that because he was trying to get a point across to let the guys know like listen across the board 
everything has to be done in a very meticulous manner. Um, so if I tell you to step with your left foot and you step with your right foot, I'll let you know about it. You know, it was just small little things like that. A lot of attention to detail and screaming and hollering. I'm sure you've heard stories, but Coach Rott was uh, very different, <laughs> very different. We've heard lots of stories about lots of things. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> we'd like to hear your perspective, though. Yeah, man, there's so many stories. I can't even begin to, like, think of which one to start with. Just for instance, so his first uh, – the first spring he got to Morgantown, he's trying to implement the spread offense. And this is around the time when spread was really starting to catch on. Like, a lot of teams were starting to run it. But he had come in from Clemson, um, had Woody Danzler, who had set the world on fire a few years before that, um, put up some big numbers. So – the quarterback position was was pretty much the the engine to the whole thing. Like, if you didn't have a quarterback, it wasn't going to work. So, luckily for Coach Rod, uh, or excuse me, luckily for me, Coach Rod came in uh, with the offense that he had. Um, So, anyway, it was the first spring, and his thing was tempo. Like, he always wanted to go fast, always wanted to go fast. Uh, He would dress the – equipment managers up and and referee shirts and they still do that to this day so he wanted you to get the ball so if you're running back you carry the ball you pick up five yards give it to the ref so he can spot it and we're right back to the line of scrimmage to get the next play call so some guys weren't used to that again coach Nealon just left the offense is completely different it was slow um you know methodical type offense eye formation so you drop the ball on the ground, jog back to the huddle, whatever the case may be. Coach Rod, completely different. You're right back to the line of scrimmage, no huddle, everything's tempo. So a lot of guys would just drop the ball, like I said, and just kind of trot around, get back to the line of scrimmage. The first time that happened, he came out of nowhere, like blowing his whistle, man, from, I'm talking like 30 yards away. Just blow, I don't know if you remember Cooper Rigo, but he was the Oh, guy. yeah, I remember Cooper uh, Rigo. Yeah, Coop. So he dropped the ball on the ground and – out of it it wasn't a big deal to us anyway coach Rob picked the ball up threw it probably about 50 not 50 about 40 yards down the field but it bounced it rolls you know what a football does it made Coop go get it and bring it back and give it to the ref just to make a statement to let the other guys know listen the ball's not going on the ground give it to the referee and that was just his mentality you know he he wanted to get his point across and however he had to do it he was going to do it Coach Rod was uh, he was something else, man. But fun to play for. Um, you know, he would definitely go to bat for you as long as you did your part. And um, he he had to get a point across and had to come in and set his way the way he wanted it. And that's what turned over you know a, a successful program enough to get the ball rolling to to be successful. Now you're talking about Rich Rod stories. One story I heard it's a it's a myth I believe, but I don't know if it's true. I want to know if it's true or not. I was told, and I've been told this for years, that he rounded that there were guys that were wearing shirts and sweatshirts and hats from other schools, other universities, and he made everybody round up all their stuff, and he burned all the stuff that was from other schools. Is that true? <laughs> I, you know what? So I do remember that story. I'm not going to go and and you know to the point to say he burned it. But I do remember guys would wear like Penn State hoodies or something like that, and it just blew his mind. Like you guys don't go to Penn State, you don't go to. No, it wasn't Pitt hoodies, but you know other schools. 
so don't wear that in this building. You walk through these doors, it needs to be West Virginia University or nothing, you know. So he had his ways, man. It, it, there was a lot of things that he had to come in and truly just change around, basically just like change the culture of a lot of stuff. Um, guys going to class. It, I mean, you name it, it, it he, he literally flipped it upside down. It was like a rude awakening for a lot of people, man. And some guys could, could tough it out. But some guys, the, the, I'm not going to call them soft, but the guys who weren't as tough, they got up out of there real fast, man, because you stood out like a sore thumb. And the fir- first way he did that was uh, the workouts. So he came in and made the workouts super tough. These are off-season workouts. Um, so Mike Barwis. Mike Barwis, 5.30 in the morning. I mean, you're going through what they call tour of duty. So it was not military style, but they wanted to base it off that. Just, you know, balls to the wall, get after it. If you can't hang, you're out. So do you, So we had Matt McCullough on. He was a kicker from Parkersburg. Yeah, uh, Matt. That's my... Do you remember Matt? Yeah, man, yep. Me and Matt stayed in uh, towers together. See, so to this day, of all the interviews we've done, we've had Shane Lyons on, we had Tony Gibson on, we've had – you know, Major and Pat and Noah. We've had so many different people on. My dad's favorite uh-huh. interview was Matt McCullough because of his Rick Trickett story. Oh, man, yeah. Rick Trickett, mis- he mistook Matt for a receiver <laughs> and was upset <laughs> for him being so slow. Do you have any good Rick Trickett stories? Oh, my gosh. Man, I, which one should I start with? Uh, so, Remember, it's a family-friendly show. Know- Say that again. Remember, it's a family-friendly show when you tell this story. <laughs> I got you. Uh, so for the people who don't know, Coach Trickett is, um, you know, just a small frame, five, six, top uh, offensive line coach. He has a has a fiery attitude. He's going to let you know. He'll curse you out and, and at the drop of a hat. So uh, his big thing was, Again, discipline. He always wore a hat no matter what. And offensive linemen, they're typically bigger guys, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. There have been so many times, man, where those guys up front would make mistakes and he would take that hat off and literally have to jump and try to hit him in the head with the with the hat. Um, <laughs> it, I just, just ran, a, you know, just, just curse you out big time, drop of a hat, give you all kind of MS. Yeah, just fun stuff, man, but – um, very similar to Coach Rock. He had a, had a point to get across, and uh, it was either going to be his way or the highway, man. And I mean, just just straight up disciplinarian, but real good coach. I mean, very solid. He's been around forever. So those guys, man. I, without them, a lot of these memories for people and players, former players, wouldn't be possible. Now, you played for two great WVU coaches. We talked about Rick Trickett being one of the assistants you played for. You seem like you've already uh, established a relationship with the current coaching staff. How did that come about that you got to come out in the new dark and dusty uniform? Yeah, good question, man. Um, I still don't know, actually. Uh, I got a text message from Will Johnson, who was uh, a former player. Uh, yeah, we know Will. Jared Brown, right. So he hit me up one day, he goes, hey, what do you think of the idea of, um, you know, 
modeling off the new uniforms. No one knew at this point. No one knew about the gray uniforms. And uh, I said to myself, like, is this a question? Like, of course I'm down. Like, let's go no further. I'm in. So um, he sent a text and everything. I got back to him. And I had no idea it was going to be as big of a production that it was. So I was thinking in my mind, okay, I show up, throw a jersey on, maybe halftime or something like that. You go out on the 50 or raise your hand, whatever. So I got into the building, and Dan Nealon, who's been there forever, he was the equipment manager back when I was there, he goes, look, uh, I still have all your sizes, the spikes, the helmet, the shoulder pads, all that stuff is in the locker. Just get changed. I'm like, get changed? Like, what's going on? So Carl, he's still playing and everything for the Raiders. So for me, this is a big deal. Carl's like, man, I don't want to put on these shoulder pads. For me, I'm thinking, okay, cool, I'm suiting back up. This is a real thing. (laughs) I literally had to calm myself down and convince myself this was not a real game. Like, I had the same feeling that during the – the fog coming out of the, the weight room, it was a cool experience, man. And I'm, I'm just thankful that they, uh, you know, they chose me as, as one of the guys to do it. Real cool. What do you think of Neil Brown? I like him a lot. Um, I've had a chance to meet him on a number of different occasions. Um, just, just a very solid uh, person, first of all. And then a solid coach as well. Um, I, I was around for spring ball. Um, I was around for the James Madison week of practice. So he's a, he's a good, good mind. Uh, well, first of all, again, a good person and then just a good football mind. Um, not as intense as coach Rod, but that doesn't make it right or wrong. It's that's what I'm used to. So at practice, it was, uh, a lot more calm, not a lot of yelling, a lot of teaching, um, so he, he's he's going to get him on track, man. Um, I think this year, once everything continues to uh, flow, the guys get a little more comfortable, as we saw last week. They're starting to come into their own a little bit. They have to t- continue to progress, but I'm talking down the line, two, three, possibly four more years, it's, it's really going to be rolling. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. Yeah, we are too. We think the same thing. Rasheed, we thank you so much for joining us today for this podcast. I, I want to tell you a quick memory I have of your playing days. It was the uh, okay. two, 2004, I believe it was 2004, when you threw the touchdown pass to Chris Henry to beat Maryland. Okay, yeah, that was a good one, man. Uh, and it's funny, so that obviously was a was a, a big moment in West Virginia football history because we hadn't beaten Maryland, I want to say, in two or three seasons prior to that. They'd beaten um, us. They'd beaten us four times in a row. Yeah, so um, it was it was something that we really wanted to try to accomplish going into that season, and that was the season where we really had the guys to do it. Pac-Man was playing well. Chris Henry, KJ, he he was running wild that season. Um, but we had saved that play all game for that moment. Now we didn't know that moment was going to come, but. Um, it was just the perfect setup. So we had a uh, backside slant by Chris, and there was two receivers on that side. One guy is in the slot, and he basically just kind of ran a bubble to try to pull uh, like a linebacker out of the play a little bit, and Chris was coming underneath on the slant. And it was a very simple play. I just kind of looked left just to try to get the linebackers to slide over a little bit. And uh, all you need is a small window to try to fit the ball in. And Chris did his part. 
a fight in his side. And the cornerback was Dominic Foxworth. Um, he had played a number of seasons in the NFL. Um, he's an analyst on ESPN right now. He does a lot of uh, the talk show stuff. But anyway, he was he was the cornerback matched up with him. And uh, Chris got inside of him, man, and made a great play, and the rest was history. So we, we, we wanted that one big time. So another good memory for us all, man. Well, guess what? That All that stuff you said is great. That's not the stuff I remember the most, okay? This is what I remember. Chris threw the ball up in the air. The musket blast goes off. Everybody in Section 102 said they were rushing the field, Rasheed. Guess, guess who was sitting in Section 102? Ah, uh, you, was, you was in there, huh? <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to rush the field with everybody else. So I jump over the fi- I jump over the wall. I run out. I look back, and there's nobody else there. It's just me and Anthony Mims. And Anthony, oh, that's Mi- funny. Anthony Mims is looking at me like, what is this idiot doing on the field? So, yeah, man. So I look and back, and you I'm know what? What's up? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Sorry. So I look back, and everybody's like yelling and like waving. And so I start posing for pictures because I think they're telling me to pose for pictures. You know, I'm posing for pictures. My brothers are yelling and waving. And the next thing I know, I feel the biggest hand I've ever felt in my life was a security guard. He grabs me, takes me to a state trooper (laughs) with the German Shepherd. I thought I was going to jail. I told him, look, I worked all night because I worked at Ruby at the time. I said, I worked all night. I said, I worked all night. I haven't had anything to drink. I'm just here celebrating. And they let me go, man. Yeah. I, I got all free. That's good stuff, man. Well, at least they didn't bring out the pepper spray like uh, Virginia Tech when yeah. we came at home on a Wednesday night. That was another good memory. But yeah, man, that Maryland game it was that was that was pretty hype right there. So there's well, a lot you. of memories from that from that uh, polo era through there. Well, I was going to thank you, but I forgot we got to do rapid fire real quick. So here's the questions. Yeah. Lion King or Toy Story? Better movie. Lion King. Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Pepsi. LeBron or Jordan? LeBron. Best fast food french fry? Oh, come on, man. Don't do me like this. Uh, (laughs) Wendy's. Best Pop-Tart? Frosted strawberry, easily. Easily. There you go. Does ketchup go on a hot dog? Say that one again. Does ketchup go on a hot dog? Of course. If you don't eat ketchup on a hot dog, I don't trust you. I don't eat hot dogs right now in this point in my life. But if you don't eat ketchup on the hot dog, something's wrong with you. And finally, this is my brother's question. We asked this question. It was one of our pop culture segments. Rasheed, do you pee in swimming pools? <laughs> When I was younger, yes. At this point in life, I got to get out and use the bathroom, man. You know, it's, it's you got to a- get on your grown man now. You got to get on your grown man. <laughs> exactly. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. Rasheed Marshall, legendary Mountaineer quarterback. We thank you so much for being a part of the RVK Golden Blue interview and for everything you do for Mountaineer Nation and what you're doing in your professional career to represent WVU. Yes, sir, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Rack me, boys. The Raspberry Voice Kids are brought to you in part by the Pizza Place in Morgantown. They have the official pepperoni roll of the Raspberry Voice Kids. They are located at 3011 North Point Plaza in Morgantown, West Virginia. If you are in town near the mile ground, you got to get to the pizza place. It is the greatest pizza you will ever taste. I don't care what anybody says. Shout out to our boys, Mike and Luca.
The Raspy Voice Kids are brought to you by Swill Dog Hard Cider, the finest hard cider in all of the world, made right there in Franklin, West Virginia. They are encouraging you to get Swill, responsibly, of course. We also want to give a big shout, a big thank you to our partner and sponsor, Astorg Auto of Charleston. The man with the plan is Mr. Jamie Spears. When you want to ride in elegance, luxury, and style, they're the ones to see. They'll treat you right, and you'll be driving better. Make sure you tell them that the RVK sent you. Tu eres un perero. You're a loser, Herman. That is why his horns now forever. You need to spend more time worrying about winning and less time worrying about whining. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is why we hate Texas. We hate Texas because all you seem to do is cry and sabotage. If you're not crying, you're whining. If you're not whining, you're pretending like you want to fight. Right, Pee Wee? I mean, Tommy, you (laughs) acted like you wanted to go after Mike Gundy just because you lost. When, in fact, you knew there were 8 million people between you and him and you were never going to get to him. So there was never going to be a fight. You just wanted to whine and complain. If you focus more on winning, maybe you'd win more games. But you don't win what Texas wants you to win. What you believe you deserve. What you believe that you should be accustomed to. In fact, Will Greer and Gary Jennings made sure of that last year. First on the long touchdown, then on the two-point conversion. And what did you do? You cried about horns down. You said it should have been a penalty for taunting. You didn't worry about the fact that your defense couldn't stop him. You didn't worry about that you weren't prepared for the two-point conversion. You worried about horns down. Well, guess what? When you come to Morgantown, it's horns down till infinity. And bring Bevo with you because we got a musket, and it's going between the eyes. He's going to drop just like your football team. And while we are partial to pepperoni rolls, it's going to be steak dinners on Saturday, October the 5th. Get ready. Horns down for infinity. Here we go again. Here we go. They say everything's bigger in Texas. And like you already alluded to, the whining's bigger. The crying's bigger. Tom Herman. We keep talking about Tom Herman. All you do is talk about Tom Herman. You know why? Because everybody's sick of him. How do you whine and cry? Just not Tom Herman, but the entire program. I've never seen, Brandon, real talk, I've never seen a program who loves to pop off and talk about everything they want to talk about be so sensitive. They can dish it out, but they can't take it. They're like a little kid in grade school about to get in a fight. Okay, we're going to fight, but no punching, no hitting back, no... (laughs) It's ridiculous. I've never seen somebody so sensitive as Texas is. You should worry about winning, like Brandon said. You're talking about the horns down. Are you serious? Are you serious? You're taking everything. You're taking L's. You're taking horns down. You're taking Will Greer. Don't think that we forgot about what happened last year because we know you have it. Now we're here this year. You start out hyped. You start out ranked. Why? Because you're Texas. You always get the preseason love. But what do you do with it? Oh, wait a minute. Excuse me. You, you, you play well against LSU. Is that what you want? Yep, you played well against LSU. But don't get it twisted. You gave up 500 passing yards to Joey Burrow. Jay Burrow, shout out Athens. Oh, okay, okay, well, they're a big-time program. Well, how about you look at Louisiana Tech? You tell me, are they a big-time program? Because you gave up 330 passing yards to them. 
Last year, Willie G came in there and cut your heart out with a pass to Gary Jennings. Horns down forever. He threw for 346 yards, horns down forever, in Austin, in front of the burnt orange, and there was nothing you could do about it but take these L's over and over again. That's right, we own Texas. Granted, we're only up 5-3 to three in the series. It should be 6-2, but come Saturday, we're adding another one. That's right, we pretty much own Texas. Actually, we own the entire state of Texas. Last year, we beat TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, and you, Austin, and you, Texas. Paint Texas gold and blue, baby. Paint it. And bat- matter of fact, every time you guys hear Country Roads, you better stand up and sing along because we own that. We're the Mountaineers, we're here, and we can't wait till you come on Saturday. And don't think that we forgot about your your, your old coach, Mac Brown, coming back. Mac, the Mac is back. That's right. He's He's in Carolina blue now. And when you watch what a real coach does... When he gets to a program, even though he has lesser means down there, and you see what he does, because back then he was winning 10 games a year. You guys will be just like Cher, singing the same song. You guys guys will be like Blake Shelton, talking to Mac Brown, middle of the year. It's so good, because that's who you are, Texas. You're irrelevant. You're irrelevant. You have past history, yes, but now you're a laughing stock. Say Texas to any kid. And then, who? Oh, oh, Texas. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, you're not very good. Come to Morgantown. And I think I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect that Bevo is your mascot because you are just like him. You got no balls. We can't wait to see you in Morgantown. It's going down, baby. Let's go. Hey, and this time, we'll make sure the AC works. Podcast Network.